welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. So how are you doing, my friend, my warrior? I certainly hope this week finds you well. If you are just starting your grieving process, or if this is your time to gain the knowledge you need, I encourage you to visit griefauthority.com and pick up my three Bundle of Hope books to start you on your journey. You need to understand what you will expect so you aren't taken by surprise, thereby helping to reduce stress and anxiety from not knowing what is natural and normal. It's important to learn how to help yourself as an adult how to help your grieving children, if you have them, and how to help yourself through the holidays. So go pick up that knowledge, and you'll be able to download it into your laptop, tablet, or phone within five minutes to read any time you need. In this week's episode, I want to talk to you about something fairly deep. Actually, most of the topics we discuss are deep, but this one, well, it's a subject that more and more families are considering or having to consider after a loved one has died. It may have been out of necessity in the case of when there is no body to bury, or it may be out of financial circumstances that a funeral is not possible and cremation is chosen, or when cremation is preferred and alternative plans are developed. Many families around the world have their own customs and traditions, and most have a funeral of some sort to bury their dead. Whether it's the high cost of funerals, caskets, flowers, the use of funeral homes, or the purchasing of grave sites, it can reach over $10,000 in the U.S. to bury a loved one. These costs are prohibitive for many families these days. We also had the problem of the pandemic, and many families were not allowed to even hold funerals during that time, and even if they were, the family was limited to the number of people who could attend. Even Queen Elizabeth II in the United Kingdom was only allowed less than three dozen attendees at her own husband's funeral when he died at age 99, just two months shy of his 100th birthday. The first anniversary of his death will be commemorated on April 9th. She had to wait an entire year 
to be able to memorialize him with all the people she wanted to invite. But I also want to remind you about all the people who have no bodies to bury. People who were blown away in tornadoes and could never be found. People who were murdered, possibly dismembered. Those who died in fires, airplane crashes, through terrorism, war, drowning in the ocean or other bodies of water, run over by trains, found months or even years later, and their body is decomposed from explosions in war, in building collapses, earthquakes where bodies could never be recovered, and even avalanches. During war, families were fortunate if they received confirmation about the last known locations of their loved one, let alone if they ever received their body back to be buried. There are cemeteries with the bodies of war heroes in countries outside of our own, with fathers and brothers and sons in places around the world where we have never been able to visit to pay tribute for their sacrifice. And as war escalates now in places around the world, there are many families who will be faced with this sorrow. So let's look at some of the pain points that come when we cannot hold a traditional funeral. We feel cheated out of that commemoration. The ability to hold a ceremony or celebration in which your loved one is remembered. Unfortunately, when we don't get to have a funeral, we lose the connection and sympathy that our family and friends would provide for us. The support they provide as we come to grips with this tragedy. We need people around us as we bear the shock. When we don't have a funeral, our mind can play tricks on us, allowing us to believe that perhaps they really didn't die and they really aren't dead. So even when a traditional funeral cannot be developed or is not preferred, there are various ways to help ourselves honor that person so we ourselves can fully grieve. Many today will make the announcement on some sort of social media platform because they know many of their friends connect there. Please, please do tell the full story. So many times when I read that someone has died, we never really hear how. Leaving people to wonder how they died. I believe, is just cruel. When you see a 16-year-old boy has died, you are left to believe he took his own life. Now that may not be the case at all. He could have died in a car accident. But when it is not shared, we unfortunately think the worst. When an obituary says, she died unexpectedly, well, what does that mean? She could have died in a car accident. 
she could have had a stroke. She could have had a sudden heart attack. But because it's not spoken, it leaves people to wonder. Now, you might be embarrassed to say she was murdered, for instance. But hiding the truth to let people speculate is just unkind. People will gossip anyway, and there is nothing to be embarrassed about. It's just the way it is. We have no control over it. So please put everyone's minds to rest in sharing the truth about their death. Do you think by not saying this out loud, you can trick yourself into believing they died a different way than they actually did? So please share the truth so no one is guessing erroneously. I remember when my aunt's son died of AIDS several decades ago. We weren't allowed to say that. The politically correct stance was that he died of cancer. Well, that may have been partially true, but not fully true. And consequently, there was this hush in the funeral home, since everyone knew the truth, but were prohibited from talking about it. It was just so sad. So don't let your children believe something that isn't true. They might grow up to find out decades later that their parent, sibling, or cousin took their own life when they were told something else, and that betrayal will have a lasting effect on a grieving process they thought was settled. It can have a reopening of a wound they believed was primarily healed. So let's look at some ways that we can honor the individual, regardless whether we were able to give them a complete funeral, or their body was not brought back to us for burial, or we've intentionally decided on cremation, or not having a funeral service at all. We can develop an online memorial service. This is usually through Skype or Zoom, and it invites everyone you wish through their social media platforms and allow them to write their comments in the chat feature and also to let them share their heart during this meeting. It's a perfect way for hundreds, maybe thousands of people from all around the world to have an opportunity to honor them and be with those who love them. It all can be recorded and revisited. It gives everyone an opportunity to speak a little bit about their loss. It can go on for hours, but it is something so precious and so sincere. And if you can develop one, I think you will be very grateful that you had that opportunity. You can also set up a space in your home where you sit their photos, maybe on a table or on the wall, and you can have a scrapbook for visitors to make an entry remembering them. Perhaps you can place a large vase with paper and pen beside it so you and your children and visitors can write notes to them, fold them up tightly, and place them in the vase when they're done. You might also light candles there. 
When there is no gravesite to visit, this can be a source of great comfort. Perhaps you'd like to plan a more intimate service with only your closest family and friends gathered on the anniversary of their death or other special day. This memorial service can be a dinner at your home or a restaurant where you all will get an opportunity to reminisce and speak about all the stories and moments you shared with them, even all the funny times. You might even purchase a large scrapbook where they can bring photos of your loved one to glue into a few pages and write their message of love to them in this special book. You might also encourage your younger ones to draw pictures to glue in the book as their memorial and have your teens to write letters and add their photos as well. If you do have ashes, you might decide on a special day when you invite those you love to come to the beach, lake, park, or anywhere you feel comfortable to either scatter them or bury them. You might decide you want to bury them near a tree you plant or a garden you built in their honor in your backyard. Perhaps it's underneath a bench you purchased with a plaque with their name on it. You might also include music and share stories there too. Some families decide to create a collage of photos, add music, and develop them into a video. Whether that video is placed on a social media platform for all to enjoy, or to build a simple memorial website for them with these videos and memories. It's all wonderful and gives all their friends and loved ones a chance to express their personal pain also. Another wonderful way to memorialize your loved one is to encourage a donation in their name to a favorite charity. Many of you know my favorite is the Foundation for Grieving Children, Inc., which I established many years ago. It's the first national nonprofit public charity to help organizations whose primary mission is to offer counseling assistance to grieving children, teens, young adults, and their families. Families have placed a link to our website in the obituary of their loved one, asking for donations in lieu of flowers. And we honor that individual with a post on our website, sharing all the individuals who gave in their memory. So encouraging donations can be done when they first leave us or later as part of the memorial service you've planned. But no matter how you choose to honor your loved one, who may have died a horrific death, leaving no body behind to bury, or whether you wish to choose an alternative way to commemorate their passing, always remember that your choices are valid and fitting. They are your choices, what works for you. And if you are not immediate family, 
you also get to choose from these ideas and create something for your circle of friends that will feel just right to honor that special someone you're missing. So now it's time to get up and dance, dance, dance. Move your body, sway back and forth. And I know you might think this is wacky, but please do it for me anyway, okay? Thank you for joining me today. Visit griefauthority.com and pick up my free ebook, 21 Things You Must Know About the Grieving Process, which will add you to our mailing list and then we can stay in touch. Continue to write five things in your journal each night that you are grateful for. And if you haven't subscribed to my podcast, please do so on whatever platform you hear me on, so you will automatically be notified when we publish a new episode every Sunday. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak to you again soon.